Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Hello, Internet. Uh, this is Seat Time. Welcome to Episode 79. Um, I'm not as sore as I think some people would think I would be after such weekend. And no, I did not spend it in East Texas. It was in West Texas racing, not at some uh, other establishments at any kind of bachelor party. Uh, we were at the, uh, the Concho National Enduro this past weekend. We had a ton of fun. Me and James Hill drove out there. Great, great time. And and the good thing is is we're going to have the ability to talk about that because we're going to have the winner of round three of the National Enduro Series, Andrew DeLong, on to talk with us this evening. Now, Andrew's really been heating up the scene, if you want to kind of get a little strange with it. Winning tons of GNCCs this year already, which two. Two, two is ton. You know, that could be a ton, I think. Um, and then, of course, winning this past weekend at the National Enduro um, I think it's going to be awesome to hear uh, what he has to say about this year because having two years in a row in the XC2 class, finishing third overall, now with all the win- the two wins he's already got this year and a dominating performance, and then great job this past week at the National Enduro. Obviously, the dude's done something different. He's in a different mindset. You know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to talk to him about it. I don't know. He might have learned math. You know, he's like, I like calculus now. We're going to figure it out. But... For those of you who have who have just come into this for the first time, what you're watching is seat time. Uh, we sit down and we bench race and beer drink through a lot of the off-road racing results that go on. We love to have riders on like Andrew. Um, we're going to have Dale Spangler and Brian Elliott joining us a little bit later. They may be all on at the same time. I know Dale would love the chance to... Uh, to to congratulate Andrew in person, he is. They are fly racing. Uh, Dale is with Fly, and of course Andrew. He likes to wear the fly the fly stuff, and we're sponsored by Fly, which is fantastic. I mean, who doesn't like to be sponsored by Fly? And of course, uh, Ride PG, Power Sports Graphics, uh, and then Squarespace. So all of those guys. Very, very big thanks. If you happen to be watching Seat Time right now, don't forget that if you're driving to a race, you could listen to Seat Time. You can listen to us on the Stitcher app. You can listen to us on iTunes. Or you could even lose video feed like we just did. That's okay. We're going to keep going. So as Steven is going to get us reconnected, uh, I'm going to try to get uh, some more stuff figured out. So what this weekend, it was, it was really interesting because uh, James Hill and I, drove out to the Concho Enduro like we've been doing to a lot of the other Enduros. It's a T-Sec Enduro, so it was round four, round five of the T-Sec series, but uh, you know it was round three of the National Enduro series. So we go out there, and you know Charlie Mullins has just been burning up the scene. And uh, do we got you back? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, no idea what's going on. We're just going to go with it. All right, so before I keep talking too much, let's just go ahead and bring you in because you're a sexy man. So Andrew DeLong... Tell me, how is it going, kind sir? Uh, it's going good. I just got home from Texas. I flew from Dallas to Charlotte, and uh, this morning I left at 5 a.m., and I drove all the way home to PA so I can spend a week at home and uh, relax a little bit. I've been going on the road since Christmas, so I'm just trying to catch back up and sleep in my own bed. You know, I, I miss it, so. Oh, dude, I bet, man. It, it, uh, I was talking to Jason Hooper this past weekend, and he was saying the same thing. He's like, I am so looking forward to Easter weekend coming up because we don't have anything to do. <laughs> and I can yeah. imagine, since he's been at pretty much all the races that you've been racing, that you feel a lot the same way. Yeah, I mean, it, 
it's a long it's a long season. In the beginning of the season, we go down to Florida and start training, and you know, try to get out of the cold weather because in PA there's so much snow on the ground and you can't ride, and you know, so we try to go venture down sort of southward, and uh, I mean, it helps, but it's also a lot of time away from home, so um, it's definitely good to get back to you know my house and you know sit sit on the couch in my underwear, you know, like yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. See, now that's my, I, I, that's why I use this laptop is actually that way I can just, nobody has any idea that I actually am on my couch in my underwear. I even have one of my unmanly beers, which doesn't have gluten because it's not a beer, it's a cider because unfortunately, you know, we've had that, we'll, we'll, we'll make fun of me again. That's fine. It's whatever. But, uh, so, Let's figure out a little bit more about you, Andrew DeLong. I was looking at some of the results, and you know, I, we've talked, we've been at races together, but I think that there are people out there that maybe don't know a lot about you. So, looking at the results in, say, GNCC, you know, the past two years, you were in the XC2 class. You've got third both of those years. Uh, last year was a fantastic year for you, though, in the back half. You were injured going in, but give us give us a little bit of a precursor to that. You know, it sounds like you know you grew up in Pennsylvania. What series were you racing and all that kinds of stuff? Like, what was your, what was your growing up like? Well, I started riding when I was four, and then I my I started riding, and then my dad basically <laughs> he'd take me on the toughest trails in Pennsylvania, pretty much. And uh, once he thought I was ready to race, I I got my first you know race when I was eleven, and I won. So um, it sort of went from there, and ever since then I've been racing local races i mean i raced district six east coast and pa hair scramble series and uh occasionally i go to a gncc but not very often and uh i just keep just keep racing and i actually uh moved up to the pro class and the, the local series and i won the enduro one the two three years ago and right. uh i finished second in the east coast hair scramble so it was good, and I never raced it. You know, I never really raced GNCCs, and uh, I figured I'd go give it a shot. You know, I tried out at the national level, and uh, I went to the Florida GNCC, and I got a, uh, I got fourth, fourth in XC two. That was like all my own, you yeah, know, privateer and everything. So that's pretty awesome. So, um, with with how was it kind of reaching out there and just saying, hey, let's go hit up a couple GNCCs, having never done them you know, as a privateer racer? Well, I mean, I did, I lied a little bit. Like when I was on a youth bike, a KX100. We, I don't, did, we don't, we don't like liars on our show. Yeah. We're well, very honest people here. <laughs> we screw stuff up and it happens. You live with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I actually raced the GNCC when I was on a KX100 and I got third overall. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, that, that sort of started it. And then I'd hit the first two, in Florida and Georgia when I was like a 200 and I, I always get lapped. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that I, sounds like me. One of my highlights <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, then I, I started, uh, I started working, you know, on getting better and getting better. And I started winning the discussion, you know, like I got to the point where I was, I was overall in all, you know, most of the races. And, um, I just wanted to better myself. I wanted to see how far I could go. And, uh, you know, I, that's why I, I mean, I was on a budget. My, I was working a full-time job, you know, 40, 50 hours a, a week and training after work, you know, and I wanted it bad. And, uh, just, I, I said to my dad, let's go down there and see how it goes. And I worked my butt off and 
I, I wanted to prove that I, I could run with them guys. And uh, I only had one bike, so I was practicing and racing on my uh, 2011 KTM. So yeah. uh, just trying to make it, you know, trying to make it as a privateer and have somebody look at me. So. And they did. So you, I think it was 2011 when you and I first met at the National Enduro in Arkansas, and you were on your KTM, and that G, that year at the GNCCs, uh, you were on your KTM. But then after that is when you got picked up uh, with Fred Andrews, right, with the, the Far Husqvarna team, so 2012, and then, of course, this year. Yeah, I I, uh, I was racing all the GNCCs and everything and, uh, and all the National Enduros, and uh, I was doing pretty good in the National Enduros, like top, top tens, and... Uh, and then GNCCs, I was never outside the top five. So, uh, you know, I showed some consistency. And I know that you know, things happened at the Fred's and a uh, spot opened up and he gave me a call and he wanted me to come ride a Husky. You know, I was like, uh, I was like, sure, I'll do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm game for it. You know, something different. Something yeah. It up and he wanted to give me some help and I was about tapped out the money fund. So, uh, you know, I, I was looking for any help I could get. No, well, um, I, with with the the husky, I think you said you were on a two stroke. Is that correct? You were on a KTM two stroke. Yeah, two fifty XC. Two fifty XC. Okay, so making that transition, I think that's an interesting conversation because you hear a lot of different opinions from different riders on how they make the transition from two stroke to four stroke if they have been riding a two stroke all the time. Now, you guys, it, it almost is a resounding theme that. Uh, Y'all are just good. You know, you know, you figure it out and you just do it. That's not the way it would work with me, unfortunately. So, you know, some of the guys out there that might be thinking about making a change in brands or maybe in, uh, you know, engine displacement, if you will. Uh, well, not just displacement, but actually strokeage, if you will. You know, tell us a little bit about that transition from not just the KTM to the Husky, but maybe as well, you know, the two-stroke to the four-stroke. Well, well, the biggest thing that I came across, like, was switching from the two stroke to the four stroke as you were saying is the power was different it was a different kind of power like the 250f's like it's all traction where the 252 stroke is i mean you gotta ride the rear wheel spinning <laughs> to keep it going you know and right. uh, it was a big change for me and i i wanted to do really well like i felt like i had pressure on me because they gave me a chance uh to ride the bike i actually rode the bike before my first GNCC, like, three times in the rain. Um, <laughs> Great conditions. And, love, love testing. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I uh, they, they gave me a setup, and I said, yeah, let's just do it, because I couldn't test. It was so muddy out, and um, I just wanted to do good, you know, and I, I, ha I didn't want to let anybody down. And the, the biggest thing for the four-stroke was just trying to get used to the power. It, wasn't, it doesn't hit as hard as a two-stroke, but it's real smooth and – always hooking up and making traction so it was that was the biggest change for me but I, I once i figured it out and i wasn't revving the bike as high i started going really good on it and uh it took me a couple races to figure it out and a couple more times riding it but uh by the end by the end of the year i had it to a science and i uh i mean it, it was awesome but i mean for anybody making the switch it's going to be difficult for the first you know month or two um because it's a totally different animal you know like you're going from a bull to a giraffe so right <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's totally different so it, it, it just changes it up and uh that's why that's why i think i did so well on it because it was actually something fun it, it changed it up i rode a 252 stroke since i was 15 right or 20 so i mean 
it changed it up, made it fun, and uh, that's that's four strokes are fun. So you know that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, um, and then the difference. Say I, you were on your three ten this past weekend, and I believe it's a three ten that Huskies kind of kind of been developing throughout the past couple of years. I know you were on a you were on a three ten at the ISDE, um, but not um, this past year in Germany, but not. You know, I, I don't believe it was the, the 310 you had been testing and the 310 you had really been uh, working hard at. But so, so tell us a little bit about that bike and your experiences on there uh, on that on that new Husky 310. Yeah, like you said, the, the Husky over in Germany was a 2012 and the 2013 TXC 310s come with a red head, which is a, it's a new motor developed by Husqvarna. It's basically uh, a 250 with a big bore kit on it. But uh, it, the cylinder, you know, everything comes like that, and it's uh, right from the fly. It's ready to go. And uh, I bet I rode about the whole month. I first, I only had one bike, uh, and I was riding a three ten nonstop every day down in uh, New Jersey, training and riding, and just seeing if I could break, you know, break things on it to see what was going wrong with it, what was happening, you know, just trying to trying to get it to the point where it was where it was race ready and uh actually to be honest i I didn't break it at all so um that's awesome that's that's the goal and you you surpassed yeah so it was good and uh i put a i put a lot of time and effort into trying to get my enduros up better uh my scores and trying to be closer to the competition because i know like two years ago when i started the enduros i was like 10 minutes back off the leaders right and like Last year I was five minutes, and then this year I'm like actually competing for you know top like right there, you know. This year you're so, winning. <laughs> I think that's a that's a fantastic look at it. So um, yeah. that's a really but, good. Go ahead. But yeah, like the three tens, it's come a long it's come a long way from what it was, and it's a really really good bike. And uh, I think you're gonna start seeing more and more of them around because once you know it. It, it it just changes it up and makes it fun. It's like a it's a between a it's like a KTM 350, but it it's just a little bit more mellow and it it suits a lot of people a lot better. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well that's actually a really good transition into the fact that you won this past weekend's National Enduro. So as I was kind of saying, this is a this was a TSEC sanctioned race as well as a National Enduro sanctioned race. So this was you know round four or five. Honestly, I I don't do math. But, you know, this was one of the TSEC rounds, and so that's why we had, you know, myself and a couple other people out there. Um, we were planning to be out there. It was a national enduro. Of course I'm going to be out there. Support the, support the sport, support my series, all the people out there. It's also fun to, you know, come meet guys like you. We don't live nearly close enough. It's fun to just chat, have a good time, hang out, all that fun stuff. I can't believe that you did such a fantastic job and won this past weekend. When I was looking at the, when we were talking, I think it was right before test three. You know what you're telling me? You're having fun. You're like, I'm enjoying the rocks. Everything is going really good. It's just smooth sailing. And as everybody else I talked to was talking about trying to not fall. So tell me about your weekend and what you thought of the course and we can kind of nitpick it from there. Okay. Uh, I mean, I went to Lubbock, Texas before for the National Enduro, and uh, that place was a little bit more difficult, I felt, um, very like a different landscape to it, and I struggled there. So I, I tried to bring change my attitude going into this one. Um, you know, I had a negative attitude going in, 
coming from Lubbock, but I was like, you know what? I've been training and I've been putting my time in and I've been pushing really hard to do better in these endures. So, um, you know, it came down to just having fun. That's, I, I try to have fun as much as I can. And I started making my first test. It was good. Like I, I didn't even think I did that well. Yeah. <laughs> I was, ha- I was having fun jumping little rock ravines and you know, how the, <laughs> you know how the first test was, it was fast in the beginning and yeah. then it got rocky in the, like in the later parts. And I don't know, I was just, I was just trying to make, you know, have fun doing wheelies over, you know, jumping ditches, doing wheelies, you know, just little things to change it up to make it fun. So I, I didn't get tired of it. And, uh, I definitely think that helped me through the day. And I mean, it just, just the, the trail was so good. It, I, I was surprised on actually how well it was. Um, like single track. Yeah. But it also had a good variety of rocks and I grew up in the rocks. So that's maybe why I liked it a little bit more. Um, I mean, I got some of the gnarliest rock gardens behind my house that you can't even get through, you know? So, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I just had fun and I, I love the place. I'll go back there anytime. Yeah, it, that's that. I I've been to every Concho Enduro they've had since 2007. Now that doesn't sound like a ton, but that's when I started riding again. You know, in in Texas, um, and I love it. I will be there again if it's super dusty. I'll be there again if they have another mud run like we did a couple of years ago. I think that's just a. It's such a unique place, like you were saying about the Lubbock race. You can get a ton of that kind of stuff in West Texas, but I don't think you can get a ton of properties like we had there for the Concho uh, race. And that's that's really it. Just keeps me coming back. I like how much the elevation changes. I like the fact that it goes kind of from little baby head rocks to really shaly rocks and the neat like shelves. That, that, that kind of get formed so you sometimes you get these wicked downhills that are like you know downhill mountain biking like race courses and then of course if you go downhill you got to go unfortunately back uphill so those yeah. those can get a little tough um but no i i love that love that race so you were talking about how much fun you had in the first test section now i, I by no means uh rode a good race that's okay uh i, I kept it on two wheels you were second overall in the first test just yeah. just throw out a throw out an idea. Uh, how do you think I was overall in the first test? Number. Just throw out a number. It could be a high number. Fiftieth. Well, I was seventy sixth. All right. It's that's, pretty. No, don't don't even say it was pretty good. Uh, pretty, I, hey, that's pretty good. It, it may at least you made it through the first section. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The bike didn't die, and I didn't quit. So I guess there's always that. Um, but. I don't know. I just got out there. It was cold as shit. I couldn't feel my fingers, and I had Thad Duval on my robe busting up a bunch of dust in front of me. It's like, ah, and I just was, I was like getting squirrely and acting stupid, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay upright, and that's what I did, and I had fun, and I honestly, I, I took that mentality, just like you said, and I had fun the rest of the day. Um, I only had two stupid bobbles, and they were just the dumbest, you know, stupid layovers, one in a very rocky turn that I lay over and then one in a super dusty berm that blew out on me my own fault I, I pretty much knew it was going to happen um but other than that I mean loved it what did you think about the third test the a only section uh I actually went in there and I was you know that I walked that test a little bit I knew what it was going to be like and uh I was like man this is this is sort of just like my house um the dirt's a little bit different, and I was really excited to get to that one, actually. 
and I knew I could post a pretty good score. And, uh, well, I guess I got like a mile in and I, I lost, I like came down off a hill, a shaley hill, and I, I couldn't get stopped for the trail. And, uh, I lost it down over like a little, I want to say a cliff, but it was a big downhill. <laughs> my bike, my bike slid all the way to the bottom. So I, I ran down after it and then I had to like pull my way. <laughs> I had to pull my bike out, out of it. And, uh, I got going again, but that was like really my only get off in that test. But I really loved it. It was a, it was a, it was a buck kicker for sure. But um, it, it was, it was, it was gnarly rocky, but it was fun. I, I had a blast in it. Yeah, I remember. I think it was 2011. This is probably my third year. No, this is my fourth year doing the A only loop out there, and it's gotten. Uh, by no means, when I say it has gotten easier, do I actually mean it is easy? But when I first did it four years ago, like it was holy shit fire. There were bikes all over the place because I don't know if you remember probably about somewhere about 60% in after that big uphill that where everybody was at at the bottom. And then we did that long uphill when yeah. you, you, you go across the off camber sections there, um, the really, the, the off camber rock sections, when that gets even a half bit wet, like bikes are just piled up down there. Cause you know, I mean, if you, if you weight your pegs just a little bit wrong when that stuff's wet, dude, you just like shrink. So you gotta, maybe, maybe uh, next year they'll cut some new trail in there and we'll come back and make it, uh, make it a little more interesting, I think. Yeah. I, I thought that, uh, it was cool. It was cool how they ran us through the ravines, uh, like in the third test and, uh, then came up out. And did that side like little goat path. I thought that was pretty cool. Like that's a, it's tricky because you think you have traction, but if you got on the gas, you'd slide down the hill. So, um, I I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I I like riding in the ravines and then hopping up out of them and everything. That was, that was fun. Yeah. It's a really, really neat section. Um, before we're going to go ahead and uh and slowly start to transition into pulling Dale and Brian in just because you know they're awesome they want to talk to you they want to know about your weekend as well and talk to you about all that kinds of stuff but it, coming to Texas racing the Concho Enduro you got your first win now you know you didn't win any test but you won the race because you were the most consistent person on the day so you won that race you know what i mean um yeah. what are you going to do to take that momentum you know, into the next round in Louisiana. Uh, just basically the same feeling that I had had going into this was just to have fun and whatever place I get, that's what what that's what I get. As long as I give it a hundred and twenty percent and I'm having fun, then I mean that's yeah. I like to win. You know, everybody likes to win, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm happy. I'm just happy being out there riding. You know, that's just the biggest thing for me and. If I'm having fun and yeah, you know, and and it comes down to it, yeah, I'm gonna put the hammer down. I'm gonna try to try to you know do do a top podium again and or just try to keep it inside the top five. That's like the biggest thing for me. Like this is the first ever race that I that I did that I was actually in the top five at every test, which is like a really big step for me. Right and now, it's now it's just like improving each one. You know, instead of getting fifth, maybe get fourth, you know, keep it inside the top five and just stay consistent. And yeah, maybe win one test. That'd be cool. I, I've never won a national enduro test. So um, <laughs> it would be really cool to do that. Well, what did what did Fred Andrews do when uh, when he uh, you know found out that you had officially won since he was 
Well, wasn't he the last Husky rider to win a National Enduro like 2003? I think the well, la- the, the last Husky rider was like 2003. So what did? Yeah, yeah. Fred Fred Host was the last Husky one. Fred Host, yeah. that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Fred saying Host Fred Andrews just because of the fact that you ride for him and that <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah. No, it it was Fred Host uh, in 2003, and then uh. The next one that won a national enduro was Randy Hawkins in 1983 or something like that on like a, a Husqvarna. So it's like a 20 year um, span. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty long time. <laughs> so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited that it that we could actually you know um, get it up on the podium. I, that's just a cool thing itself, and I'm glad that you know the that I could get the brand up there and change change up the orange and blue a little bit, you know? Oh, dude, no, I totally, I understand that, uh, you know. I, I, I ride a KTM, but the thing is, is I actually have uh, quite a few uh, pictures of myself on Huskies back from, like, nine, in the early, early 90s, back when they had those awesome neon green shrouds that looked like cocaine vomit. But, yeah. you know, I mean, that was all the rage back then, so whatever, people go with it. You know, Italians are crazy. They'll put whatever they want on a bike. I guess it was owned by Kajiva back then, but still. All right, we're going to go ahead and call in really quick, uh, Dale and Brian, and I am going to talk about one of our fantastic sponsors, FlyRacing.com, who actually Andrew rides for. He rides for Fly Racing. So um, if, if, if you can't see it right now, I do actually have some of the 2013 Kinetic Mesh Gear uh, with an awesome heat-pressed Seat Time logo on it, um, which is brought to you guys by Dale Spangler and the uh, fantastic guys over there in Boise, Idaho. The The plan was for me to wear this gear um, this, this past weekend at the Concho Enduro so that Shan Moore could get some wicked pictures of me in it, but... Because of the fact that it was like 30 degrees, if not colder, at the beginning of the race, I chose to actually keep some form of warm gear on and not try to freeze uh, myself completely out of the race. So I did not wear it, but I did make it look really cool by having it next to me while I was sitting here on the couch. And it's fantastic looking gear. So if you're looking for any kind of spring or summer gear where you want to stay extremely, extremely cool... They say it's it's mesh gear and it's mesh gear, so it's got a thinner mesh up top, and then if you come down to the bottom, it's you know, when your armpits where you're gonna sweat a lot, it's much much thinner, much bigger, much more awesome. And then hey Dale, I see you texting. I'm in the middle of an ad for your thing, so shh, okay? Oh, he's actually taking me serious. That sucks. But uh. And then, of course, if you look at the pants, I always think it's fun because they have this neat little zipper lock. So you're like, hey, what's up? How you do this? I have a zipper lock. And it keeps my pants from falling off, which is always fantastic because nobody ever wants their pants to fall off. So it's even better if you look at the liner inside. It's completely mesh. Um, I'm actually not wearing it on the couch right now because I'm afraid it's so meshy that you might actually be able to see my junk. Um, and though my junk is cool. I don't think that that's what that's what we're, we're trying to keep people from stripping on seat time and showing their junk and wearing fly racing. That's pretty much what's happening. So now now that I've talked enough about fly racing, I can never talk enough about fly racing. I'm going to keep talking about them all the time. We thank them very much for their support. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Dale Spangler, Brian Elliott. What is up, homies? Hey, hey, what are you doing? 
Oh, you know, just looking at your awesome getup you got going on there. Pretty trick, huh? I know. It's, it's fantastic. We were just uh, trying to chime in on your cocaine vomit conversation you were just having. That was that was wonderful. You like that? Well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, Huskies, 1993 to, what, 98, 97, something in there. I mean, those guys were rocking the awesomeness of the, the neon green shrouds. They, were, they weren't bringing it back. They were creating it. Just like Don Johnson's flower shirt on his boat, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes. Or Tom Selleck and his mustache. I mean, that shit's never going away. It doesn't make a difference if it was a good idea or a bad idea. It will always just be there. Especially with you being the host. Yeah. It's never going to go away, is it? Uh, I guess not, unfortunately. It kind of sucks. Well, the mustache did. Yeah. I, I hear Brian Pierce is personal friends with Tom Selleck. I heard that's a- Dude, if I was personal friends with Tom Selleck... He would be right here. Yeah. I'd be like, I know you don't know anything about motorcycles, Tom Selleck, but you're Tom Selleck. Get on my couch. Oh, man. Can oh, Andrew man. hear us? Andrew, can you hear all those guys? Yeah, I can hear them. All right. Well, Dale, do you have any uh, fantastic like things to say to Andrew? He's super pumped for you, man. He's just on a roll. He's dope for you. Yeah, it's, it's going pretty good right now. Uh, I hope I can keep it going you know, for the, most of the season. Uh, that's about it, really. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself. Yeah, understand that. Yeah. So from what I was uh, reading, it said uh, that event was pretty rocky, kind of like Pennsylvania. You said. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't the same rock as like my house, but uh, it was like a shale rock with like you know, straight edges and stuff. But it, hey, rocks the same. It was just a uh, just a little bit looser than at home, so. I had fun on it, and it was it was actually just like riding at home. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. I think I remember racing at a track in Eastern PA way back in the day called Berwick. Is that thing still around? What was it called? Berwick. Ber- Berwick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's still it's still around. I think uh, they have some lo- lo- local hair scrambles there. I think still. Um, yeah. It's not not very. Uh, if we if it's still going on, it. It hasn't been around for like it hasn't been, had a local race in a while, but uh, I've heard of people actually still riding there. So, made made me think of that uh, when uh, we were talking about rocks, Pennsylvania rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes me think of meth. <laughs> of what? Nothing. Think you said meth. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I think, uh, Brian, uh, a lot of the pictures that I see you post when you're out with all your little buddies, I, I mean, all the pictures as in like at nine o'clock in the morning, I don't think you actually do anything but wake up, get out of bed and go ride your dirt bike, which I applaud you on. That's <laughs> fantastic. But uh, I definitely looks like you guys know about rocks, though, up there. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we got a couple chance. We went out uh, yesterday morning. Uh, wait, was it this morning? I remember yesterday morning. I think we went back out and uh, when kind of rode the the rest of the hare and hound. One of my buddies from Montana came down, so we went and rode that the backside. We rode the hare and hound move backwards, and it was beat to death. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of rocks. I'm pretty pumped I didn't race that because some of those rocks in the dust would be. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have much fun with that. Yeah, so. be looking like uh, was it Timmy Wiegand's wheel from oh, the man. T- man. 250 race where the peeled the rim? Yeah, just rough. Ugh. Yeah. Guys, one of the guys from Mountain Home, he seriously hit a rock and just squared up his wheel, like like nine spokes gone, and he was just like, right, I'm done. <laughs> you don't need spokes. Uh, yeah, I was when we were at, I think it was the second gas stop 
uh, I was talking with Jeff O'Leary, and he was like, man, I was trying to figure out what that ringing noise was, and then I realized I had a bunch of broken spokes. <laughs> Turned out it was one, but still, it was one that was enough to do that. But, man, he changed it. I was like, do you. I was like, I would have just, like, tightened up the two next to it and been like, what up? <laughs> like, we're going. So that guy, that guy's way more hardcore than I am and, and a faster rider, so maybe that's just how it works out. Um, I, I wonder if you guys had any comments. We were talking a little bit about Andrew, obviously not just winning um, this past weekend's uh, Concho National Enduro, but his performances at the XC2 or at the GNCCs in the XC2 class, you know, winning both rounds where we were saying that the, the past two years, you know, he's come third overall. He's, he's been talking about wanting to try to, to really mix it up, and he did that at the back half of last year, just unfortunately had that injury. Um, so, you know, I didn't know if you guys kind of had any, any insight to the way that Andrew's been performing at the GNCCs, uh, you know, earlier this year. The two rounds, of course, but still. Man. Well, it is a long, long season, but, uh, I mean, obviously for you, Andrew, starting out with uh, actually getting some points, had to make a huge difference, you know, not missing two rounds. And uh, I mean, it seems like you've kind of gotten your groove with the bike and everything, and that thing just seems to be working for you. So did you – I had a question about the Enduro. So did you actually – did you ride the 310 there? Yeah, I rode the TXC 310, the R. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I ride the 250 in the GNCCs, and then I ride the 310 in the Enduros because it can carry my weight a little bit better. So, um yeah, I mean that—that's what I rode this past weekend. So that's cool, man. All I know is I, I'm pumped for you too, man. I think it's—it's it's just phenomenal what you're doing. You're going out there, and uh, you know the consistency that you've been able to maintain just for the just the opening couple of races so far this year. I think it's—I uh, think it's awesome, dude. You're showing—you're showing everybody what's going on, and uh, the bike and the platform that you're doing it on. It's kind of there's there's so many points that I think you're proving and, and doing it on your own, and I think it's awesome, man. I'm proud of you. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That I mean, it means a lot. And uh, yeah, I, like 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 you said last year, I didn't have any points, and now now I walked away and I have like sixty points. So uh, I'm I'm way better off than what I started with last year. So I'm excited for the whole season, and uh, I can't I, I, I can't say enough about it already. I'm I'm ready to get racing and get back on it. I think. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dale. I'm really pumped for the for, for how you I mean with for Freddie too and just how you've kind of meshed really well with him and Absolutely. I know his program where he's kind of you know he, he went through a couple of riders there where I just think that you you, you fit into his program really well because you seem to be on the same page with him and you know, Freddie's a hard worker and I think he expects the same out of his riders and and uh, and he just fit right in there so we couldn't be happier as a sponsor to fly you know having Brett's team and having you and so it's been awesome pumped for you yeah yeah I mean uh. Fred, the the atmosphere at the team is, uh, I mean, you can't you can't say enough. It's just a bunch of good good guys, and uh, you know they they want to help and they want to win, and you know, you know, I, Joey's really really good mechanic, and you know he keeps all the bikes running at the top notch, and uh, you know it, it it's just it, we go there and we have a goal, and uh, and I have a goal too, and and it seems like it's the same goal, so it it just. It, it, we just help each other, which is the biggest thing. But uh, also, you know, we're, it's a friendship too. So I mean, uh, they do anything for me, and I do anything for them too. I, you know, and it's just it, it's it's a really good relationship, and uh, I hope it continues. That makes that makes all the difference, man. When it comes to racing, and uh, you know, 
you know, just the family atmosphere. And I think that, you know, I could, I can speak for it on our side with our, with the AMPRO program. It's kind of the same thing. It's, you know, it's, when you get all of us together under one group, it's, it's, it's all the, all the puzzles, all the pieces of the puzzle coming together and, and everybody trusts that everybody knows their role and does their, you know, has, has their purpose. And, uh, you know, as the rider, I, man, I just, yeah, it's definitely something where we look at, uh, what you guys are doing and it's just, there's such a mutual respect there that, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting. And it creates that, that family atmosphere even more. And that's, that's really what off-road is all about is, is really letting people know that, Hey, this is, this is, there's such a team effort that goes into all these different programs that, uh, it takes a family to run them. It seems like so. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think that that feeling and that kind of, you know, that community that, that you're, that you're talking about right now is, is might be a reason, say like a Zach Osborne, like that guy's not getting paid to come do these races, but he's wanting to come out to these GNCCs and the J days and stuff and come out here. Do you guys think that there's, you know, there's a community there that, that he just wants to be a part of? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's for somebody like Zach, you know, I mean, he's such a down to earth, good kid as it is, but. I mean, it's just probably refreshing for him, you know. He's in that supercross pressure cooker, you know, environment all the time to where it's hard to be relaxed, let your guard down at all, and for him to be able to go out and be in that DNCC vibe where everybody's – I mean, it's – I couldn't believe when I went to Loretta Lynn's, you know, like the – I guess it was not last year but the year before, and I just – I would kind of forgotten that you could just – pretty much walk anywhere you want, you know, if you get hit by a bike, it's your own dumb fault, you know, so it's like, I'm walking around going, man, can I go on the track? <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, you can just go wherever you want, you know, I mean, you could, you get used to that supercross thing where everybody's got their tarps and their, their fences and you can go here and you can go, you know, you can't go here and so, they're, uh, it's, what uh, is it, their outbreak cuts? Yeah, yeah, the outbreak cuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, oh wait, we're not bringing that up, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I think for somebody like Zach, it's probably just got to be a blast, you know. Plus, obviously, it's going to help him when he comes comes to the outdoor nationals. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I love it because, you know, with, uh, with Zach showing up, it just it just shows how hard, you know, guys like, you know, Andrew and, uh, and Jason and Grant, it shows how hard you guys are working out there, and it brings such a, such a legitimate yeah. purpose to GMCC. When, when he comes out there and you show him what's going on, Andrew – it shows how fast and how hard you really are riding out there, and it shows that uh, you're not just a you're not just a woods kid from Pennsylvania trying to hold onto a dirt bike. Like it shows that you're legit, and <laughs> it just you know. It, and again, I you know we got it from uh, with Jessica Patterson, you know, riding under the Ampro tent for the past couple races. You know, you get the same thing. She says she goes, you know, at first her mechanic is just feels a little out of place and he doesn't know what to do, and we're just like, dude, you know, there's nothing here that's off limits. You know, this is this is everybody's program and. Uh, you know, really creating that atmosphere. It's, it's something that I don't think you get to see in moto, and uh, it makes it fun. I, I definitely think there's a, a huge part of that with Zach where he gets to come and just, like, let his guard down and say, hey, I'm just here to race and see who the fastest kid out there is. So Yeah, yeah Zach, Zach said, uh, actually, at the Georgia National, uh, at the GNCC, he goes, he parked next to me on the starting line, and he goes, uh, I said, so what, what, you know, what's your game plan? You know, are you going to, you gonna ride most of them, or you, you know, like I knew he wasn't gonna ride them all because he's you know contracted for the Supercross and everything. And he said, "Hey, he's just coming out to get some seat time. That's all he wants." And uh, you know, then he goes, uh, "In the future, he plans on becoming a GNCC racer." So um, after Supercross and Motocross, he's planning on coming outdoors, and he likes riding in the woods. He told me, and uh, you know, 
he he's a great guy and uh he's really talented on a motorcycle uh down in florida he actually uh wheel tapped like supercross wheel tapped six boops in front of me and uh <laughs> I, I i couldn't believe it to be honest like i, I was I, I believed it but i was like that it takes a lot of skill to do that and uh you know i have a lot of you know, respect for him you know you think a motocross kid comes out oh they're not going to be able to hang but uh i knew i knew he was going to be good and uh he definitely you know just he's a, such a nice guy and uh you know, i can't wait to see him again well uh yeah. do you know what the next round he's coming out to at I mean, no, you said you mentioned it to him. I didn't know if he actually said, I will be at this one or just he'll be at another one. Or... No, he just he just said that he was coming out for these first two, I think. And then, uh, you know, he's got to go back out and do his thing out west, you know, for the the west uh, Supercross. So, I mean, what he said definitely, like, after he's done racing, you know, Supercross and Motocross, he, um, he's planning on coming off-road. So, I mean, right there, you know, that's just – it says a lot and he you know he he respects he respects what we, like what we do for you know a living and uh you know it just it's awesome to see see that so yeah well it's definitely, i think with with the crossover too i think that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of moto sponsors and I, you know it just i hate to put it like this but i think there's a lot of moto sponsors out there that kind of just don't really acknowledge the off-road industry as being legit and i think that with that coming out all of a sudden it, it opens the door to new sponsorship opportunities. You know, when they see Andrew going out there doing what he does, there might be three new sponsors that come on board and say, wow, you know, this kid, you know, not only are you getting that exposure for Zach coming out, it's such great exposure on the mainstream side of Moto uh, for Jason and for, you know, for Grant and Andrew. All you guys are being able to share that limelight with somebody who's, you know, he's got a little bit of that star power bringing it to the series. I, I think it's a win-win for everybody. It's awesome. Yeah. Even even with the Jessica Patterson coming out, I mean, that that right there, I mean, that's a couple of motocross girls like Sarah Sarah Whitmore, and I mean, uh, I mean, there's there's more, but I mean, for them ladies to come from motocross outdoors, the ladies classes in the GNCCs are huge. Oh, it's I mean, <laughs> they're yeah, I mean, forty forty plus girl like women, you know, that's that's a big class and they they're ripping. I mean they're it proves they won the overall each race and I don't think that's ever been I mean, I think Maria's done it maybe a couple times, but I mean, you know, it just says how competitive it is getting, you know, and it's it's good to see. Yes, sir. Yeah, especially I know on the on the women's side there they kind of had the struggles with the, the outdoor series being yeah, reduced. Kind of so, what, three series? Or yeah, three, yeah races? three or four races. And I think that's it's nice for them to, to turn to the GNCC and for the GNCC to kind of embrace them coming on board. And, you know, like I said, it, like, like Brian said, it just it, you know, it works works both ways. It helps both 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 sides, you know, because ha- having uh, motocross people read a story about Zach Osborne and how much he respects the off-road guys, it definitely opens some eyes, you know. And so I think it's... It's a win-win. I even saw the. Uh, I think a couple of days maybe after Georgia, where uh, Freddie Andrews was was tweeting to Kevin Windham, "Hey, when are you going to come do a GNCC?" <laughs> I, I mean, that guy would be. I bet he'd be pretty phenomenal in that. It'd be awesome. The, It'd be awesome to watch it. Well, they they unfortunately gave him a microphone really quickly, and I have a feeling they're going to try to contract that guy super fast into the field the field family. Um, I like seeing him on TV for sure, but I'd much rather see him in the woods tearing ass on a dirt bike. I think, uh, but 
Fred Andrews is actually rode with Kevin in the in the woods, and he says he's a really, really talented. You know, he's smooth, and uh, he's really a good ride. You know, he's talent. He, you know, most talented guy on a motorcycle in the world. You know, no doubt. And, but Fred Andrews said he's really he's really pretty talented in the woods, and if he came to a woods race, he'd actually do really well. So um, that's pretty cool to hear. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt. I mean, that guy may train with 12-ounce curls the entire summer, but he's one hell of a rider, and I think it shows. You know, He's also one hell of a beer drinker. He's got the big party that goes on you know, at his house and everything, at his ranch. I, I haven't gone yet, and I think I think we should go. Maybe that's the next seat time outing. Does it, doesn't your mustache kind of get you like, isn't that like a backstage pass to, to that? I, I well, it was. It yeah. was, and then and then my daughter shaved it off for me. Yeah, so. well, yeah, I think it can come back pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I can always come back pretty easy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, a- anybody that could pull off wearing a belly shirt around the Supercup pits and uh, make it look cool, uh, he's yeah. a badass. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, the scary part was, is as you were saying that, I immediately went, oh shit, when was I wearing a belly shirt at the Supercross? And then I'm I like, was, oh, thank God, he's talking about Kevin Windham. Yeah, I, I went to the same place. Like, <laughs> I know. I went to the same place. Was Pierce really doing that? I was. That, that, I, I can see where you'd be confused. Because yeah. That yeah. Wouldn't surprise me, Pierce. But but to to the the three things that I'm going to take away from the immediate conversation we just had is Brian Elliott's drinking water. This disturbs me. Uh, somebody mentioned Sarah Whitmore at the uh, the GNCCs. She was actually at the Enduro this past weekend. And if you see pictures of her and she's wearing skinny jeans. Yes, they are as skinny as they look. Holy shit, those things are tight. It's ridiculous. And three, absolutely, I am going to mention my love for Kurt Caselli at any opportune time, and I figured this was it right now. It's coming at some point. So that was for you, Mr. Elliot. What the hell's up with the water? That's the most important question, though. Uh, I'd like to point out that Andrew DeLong is drinking water. And as somebody who is a huge fan of Andrew DeLong, I'm also just drinking water. There is there is water in the bottom of my non-manly beer. We're going to call this the 12-step uh, episode of Seat Time because oh. I believe he's not drinking beer right now either. Hey, so. this, this is a show of GNCC XC2 mm-hmm. solidarity. Yes. I, uh, I wish somebody would have told me that my show had gone sober. <laughs> as long as you're holding up your end for all three of us we'll uh, somebody's gonna have to be holding me up if i'm holding all of us up because this is gonna get <laughs> awkward all right so before we move on really quickly i would like to thank a, yet another fantastic partner of seat time obviously we mentioned fly racing who is our title sponsor thank you very much to them but squarespace.com a lot of people are like what is this squarespace business well I got to talking with Squarespace because of the fact that some of the work that I've done with front-end web development, which is building fantastic websites, made me realize that a lot of athletes out there in our sport could use this because of the fact that it takes all the pains out of making a fantastic, professional-looking website. Go to squarespace.com slash seat time, and that says, hey, I watched this on seat time. I want to give them credit for the fact that I'm coming to check this out and learn more about it. That way you say thank you to us. But what's going to happen is you get to see all the – you can go register a domain there, so you can be like, Brian Edward Pierce is cool.com. You can't buy that because I already own it, but if you could, that would be it. And then you get – oh, you get – 
Yeah. You get your own domain. Boom. Then you get to brand yourself. So then, then you can pick out one of their fantastically beautiful templates, which make websites beautiful that work on all devices. You don't have to do anything crazy. And that way you can post all your race reports. You can post all your fancy pictures and all those great little YouTube edits that you put up there that I think are fantastic. Don't let anybody lie to you. All of those on your website that is completely hosted by Squarespace. So what have you just done? You gave them a little bit of monthly money and they do everything else. You just put the content up there. They make the website freaking awesome, and you can pick the theme that makes you look the best. Squarespace.com slash seat time. The discount code is seat time one. You will save 10% off of whatever purchase you make. So if you buy a month, month to month, you get 10% off the first month. If you buy a year, you get 10% off of the whole year. So obviously, you know, I don't like I said, we're not mathematicians over here, but the more you buy, the more you save. It's the way it works out. Please. Go check them out. We appreciate their support. Fantastic websites are the way of the future. Yay! I don't know. Nothing? Yeah, I know. Jazz hands! Okay! All right. So, one of the big reasons besides their just, I mean, ruggedly good looks that we have Dale Spangler and Brian Elliott on the show to talk with Mr. Andrew DeLong is because they were actually at the Heron Hound this past weekend in Murphy, Idaho. So... I say this to you guys. How badass was it watching Kirk Caselli just, like, dominate? You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, honestly. No, was, I know. But just it tell was me. really actually tough. Kurt had a horrible start. And, yeah. uh, you know, Kurt, he started from his bike didn't start right up. And uh, Skylar Howell, or Howells, I think his name is, from uh, from Fast Company, he got the whole shot. And Skylar, Jacob Argybright, and Nick Burson, they led the first 60% of the race. Um, and, man, huge props, huge props to Kurt. I- I'm amazed. He came through so strong. I mean, we saw him at the halfway mark where we were shooting. We were probably, what, a little further than halfway. Yeah, he was probably sixth. Yeah, and, and in like four or five minutes down. Yep. And, he, and he came through, and if you talk to Jake or you talk to Nick or you talk to Davey Camo, they'll all tell you, man, Kurt came through with just pure energy. And when uh, it's really funny because I think when you get – passed by Kurt like that, knowing how far back he was. I think there's a little switch in your head that goes, all right, we'll see you later. Yeah, don't don't hurt me. Yeah, see you at the top of the podium. And, uh, uh, you know, Kurt's just so driven. And, uh, you know, not you know not to push more on your man crush, but it's, it's, it's just awesome to see somebody uh, – just do that that well. It's, I mean, it's just crazy. it's it's technically a bromance. It's there's like man crush is like you could say a man crush is here, and a and a bromance is is it's like a whole nother level of okay. awkward man love. You know, it's just it's like a, about like a brerage, brerage, bro marriage. Well, is, that, to, is that legal in Texas? Oh, I just made that up. Absolutely not. But on Facebook, if you want to post a picture of a red image with two stripes, today's the day to do it. Apparently. I mean, I'm I feel not, like if you changed your marital status to married to Kurt Caselli, uh, for that would be that would best, actually yeah. be probably the best thing you could do. Why don't you continue to talk about the Heron uh, Hound, and I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think that's a solid idea. I think I think that should happen. So okay, so and and my love for Kurt Caselli should never take away from the fact that there are other very talented professional racers out there who at any time, if they want to come to my house and stay, I will still gladly accept their presence because I love awesome people. So David Camo, Jacob Augerbright raced amazing races and they got to be on the top step of the podium. So 
it, tell me about the terrain though. Like how was, you know, you said that you guys kind of rode it backwards or a lot of rocks that looked beat to shit, you know, how were the laps laid out at, um, at this, at this round? Well, it, it was laid out actually uh, real similar to, uh, it, it's not a lap setup. It's actually okay. uh, two, two major loops. You start one from one area that's about 30 miles away from the, the actual pit itself. So it's kind of confusing. The start of the race and the pit were in two different places. Um, but where you start is a huge bomb run, probably, I'd say, 300, 300 yards as far as overall width from one side to the other. Yeah, and, then, and then funneled down after about probably close to a mile, uh, funneled down into a 12-foot gate. So you've got, I mean, it's, uh, it's whoever gets there the fastest and whoever can close their eyes and pin it, you know, uh, the most efficiently. And, you know, Skyler was definitely the dude to do that. I mean, they came through. It's it's just terrifying when you look at it from the other side of the gate, a mile away, and you say, "All of us have to funnel through that." You just hope that you're the first one there. And, um, and that, it was cool, though. At least the bomb this year wasn't super rocky. There was a lot of brush. You say bomb or bong? Bomb. 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 Yeah. bomb. But uh, solid. Not the bomb. <laughs> Not the. I, know, I was like, you guys need to start drinking because you're getting weird. <laughs> Yeah, the, the smoke screen in here is just a little thicker. <laughs> that's that's Andrew's lighting. Don't let the fluorescence lighting that, fool you. Not, yeah, that's Pennsylvania lighting up there. So Andrew, I got a question. So is that you ever have any uh, aspirations to try one of those races here and out? I know it's totally a, quite a different deal. Uh, I actually have. Uh, oh. I like I like going fast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that stuff that bombs the, the off the start is pretty crazy. I've watched a couple of videos, and uh, it's pretty. It looks pretty gnarly. But uh, I would, I'd actually like to go out and try like a works event, or you know, try one of them. I think it'd be cool to try it. But um, you know, I've always, I've never even been to California or past Texas, so um, still, still working on getting there. But. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to try it. You know, I think it'd be cool to do. Yeah, they, they, they had it set up good. So, I mean, the, the first loop was once you got through that gate, I mean, guys started spreading out immediately. And it goes right in from, like, pretty fast two-track, like ATV trails, to uh, they broke it up uh, right into a sand wash and then cut right into single track, which was really rocky. So it was the way they designed the course, Andrew, just so you know, too, it's, Quite a bit different than uh, GNCC with a 12-mile loop. I think the first loop was something like 44 miles. Yeah. Uh, and then once they complete that 44 miles, they run into a pit. And then after that, they went back out for another 66 60, miles. Yeah. So, and then that's a totally separate loop. And the second loop was kind of broke up into a mix of really technical and then really, really fast stuff. And I think Kurt made up all of his time, I mean, being such a, you know, such a well-versed rider in just everything. I mean, I think his speed and just all that. I think the last speed. section was pretty fast. Yeah, the last that's, that's what Jake said. Yeah. So obviously he knows how to go pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, he does that well. That's like yeah. when he when he texts me too. It's like boom, like I'll send him a text and it's just like he just instantly replies. I'm like, man, that guy's fast at everything. Just just man. blows my mind. It should. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brian and I had the opportunity to kind of shadow. One of the legends in off-road photography there with Mark Correa. So he, oh. he went around and while he was shooting photos, and we, we tried to be amateur paparazzi ourselves. Yeah. And take some photos and try to learn, try to glean some knowledge from him. 
You should have just taken pictures of him the entire the entire we, weekend. We, we actually did. It worked out pretty good, yeah. and uh, you know, we decided Alliance Off Road was going to sponsor Mark because we wanted to we wanted to sponsor a photographer because I mean the the amount of effort he puts into each race is amazing. He just he just straps on his boots and goes and uh, just hikes in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yep. we we followed him chasing the race. We probably went to four or five different spots to chase him, and then he's he's he takes it to a new level. I mean, it's. He knows that he knows the inside and out of the, what the track layout is. He, I mean, this is a guy who lives in L.A. and he knew our Idaho desert better than we did as far as where, <laughs> he, where he was going from pit to pit or from point to point to shoot his photos, elevations. I mean, he had it all set up, so it was really neat to kind of be inside the photographer's mind. I mean, uh, aside from being an amateur tattoo artist, I am in no way even an amateur photographer at this point so 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 uh, is that why you guys stopped drinking is so dale doesn't accidentally get a tattoo tonight well i wanted to do a neck one like just kind of in this area um, but i don't know yeah he, he said no it, that was really i crazy. love woody yeah <laughs> yep that's exactly what it was gonna say more yeah. water um andrew do you have any tattoos any what any tattoos no i don't have any tattoos Good man, keep it that way. I have enough. I have enough for all of us. All right. No, that's not true. I still have more planned. I just don't have enough money. This shit costs money. It's ridiculous. Well, th- those tear those teardrops are really expensive. I think. Uh, no, those are those are gonna come after I kill somebody because I'm crazy. I don't know. Wait, is that the Mexican gang or is that killing somebody in jail? I don't know. I think anymore a teardrop is really just you can look like Lil Wayne. Oh. Nice. Oh. It's a, if you kill if you kill somebody you get a teardrop. That's what it is. See, and you guys know that I'm a hard mother. I will hurt people. Well, I think he needs three then at least. Right? Yeah, I, I think that a total. Yeah, just just from this past weekend. If if I had one for every hog I killed with Barry Hawk, I could definitely put up two. <laughs> Those are some fantastic pictures. So the question is, is I have actually been offered a couple times to go hog hunting in Texas randomly. Should I take that up? Should I go hog hunting? That's frightening. Uh, Elliot told me. You know, to be honest, it was um, the way that I got to experience it was unlike any other hunting adventure ever. Only a knife. Yeah. Andrew, your Pennsylvania boys between Sean and Barry, uh, those two are, they're as good old boy as it gets when it comes to, hey, let's go try to catch us an animal. And, uh, <laughs> and No I pants mean, and only a knife. Yeah, I mean, Sean, uh, Andrew, do you know Sean Remington? I yeah, think. I know. Yeah, so I mean, those guys, uh, between Randy Hawkins, Barry Hawk, and Sean Remington, they turn into 12-year-olds when they go hunting. And it's so much fun because they're so excited to go hunting it's like kids at christmas they're just like all right and I, I think sean had been scouting out the, the point or where we were actually going to hunt for like six days before the gncc so we got there <laughs> we got this and um, man they were making fun of barry the whole time because they said barry hasn't fired his gun in you know probably five or six years and so when when barry actually shot the hog they thought barry shot me and so <laughs> they, they came running to make sure that one of us was still alive um, and, uh, yeah, man, those, those hogs were, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I was thinking a little, you know, 30, 40 pound Miss Piggy and uh-uh. uh, it was terrifying. So if you're going to go, I would say definitely bring more than, uh, more than a knife. Yeah. I, I uh, what's, what's kind of scary is literally one of the guys I was talking about, 
how at a fa- at my wife's family reunion earlier this year, one of the family members asked me if I wanted to go hog hunting, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. I don't know. So then I was telling a guy to race, and he's like, well, did they say with a gun or with a knife? And I was like, uh, they didn't have to say. I figure it's a gun. And he's like, oh, no, dude, there's dudes in Texas that hog hunt with knives, and that's it. And I'm like, that's jacked up. Like, was it was it you that was telling me that Andrew Short's wife hunts him with a knife? I believe so. Yeah, she's she she gets after it with the get hunts pigs. Dude, Jackie Short, I'm staying yeah. away from mid Texas because that sounds all super dangerous. Extraordinaire, right? All. all right. Well, um, we did have a little bit more racing that went on, kind of on the national level, before we just got totally off subject and Andrew DeLong falls asleep sitting in his seat. We don't want to keep the professional racers bored. We want to keep them. Happy and you know, go lucky, which he is. Yeah, smiling. Questions for him though that I thought of. Spanky. Dude, Spanky's got a question. You know, let's do it. Yeah, Spanky, rocket. One of the things I was curious about, Andrew, is um, I know you were in the past. You were working and racing. Are you able to just you know race now and train full time? Or because I know that was one of the things that I was really impressed with is that you're working. You know, working full time. I think and. Correct me if I'm wrong, and then still doing the whole GNCC there when you're still finishing on the podium. So, yeah, I mean, right now, uh, I, I stopped. I, I still worked all winter to, to get some money so I could go down south and support myself while I didn't have any income coming in. And uh, yeah, I, I sort of cut back on my working now, but when I do get home for periods of time, I do work still. I, I work at a scrapyard and I cut. I cut. I cut scrap all day, so um, I I know what it's like to have a real job, and I don't really want to go back to it right now. So um, the more the more racing I do, and the better I do, I'm able to continue living. I guess you could call it. Probably makes you hungrier too, you know, to keep keep yeah. keep in that spot because yeah, it gives you even more motivation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know you know, like I, like I said before, I was talking to Brian. I said. That you know, I was working 40, 50 hour weeks, and I, only working on my bike uh, at nights, and not even riding during the week. I'd show up Sunday, and just show up and race. And you know, I train, but I wouldn't ride because it was dark when I got home from work. So, um, you know, now, now it's a little bit more serious, and uh, it, I take it as a job. You know, it's uh, this is how I'm making my living right now. So. Um, yeah, but I keep, I keep, I try to stay, try to stay working to keep in reality for sure. Another question I had is, I know uh, you always hear about the Baylors, you know, the brothers, and I know you have a younger brother, right, Craig, who's coming up through the ranks, and he seems to be going pretty fast. Like he's, is he in, I think, what four stroke lights A this year, and he's he's been up up on the podium, you know, top three a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, if Craig. If Craig actually won, if if Craig rode like he did at at, at the house, um, he'd probably be winning XC two. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's he's a he's a really good rider. He's very meticulous. Yeah, um, like if he doesn't do a corner right, he's got to go back and redo it until he gets it right. And that's just the difference between him, me, and him. Um, he. He's very cautious. He thinks about things where I'm just bullheaded and I just do it. And uh, he's very, at his age, he, he's more talented than I was at his age. So 
Um, definitely once he gets uh, gets his man muscles going and puts a little bit of weight on so he can ride a 250F like a man, uh, he'll that's be all right. That's the brother talking right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was kind of a call-out to the younger brother. Yes. Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, that's hey yeah. Hey, I... I got a. Uh, there's six years between me and my brother, and I don't get to pick on him very much when I'm when I'm uh when I'm not home. So you know, anytime I get to dig in a little bit of a, a knife, I get how I want to. You know, so he's watching. He, he's probably watching this right now. You know, he probably wants to jump on and yell at me or something. So well, that's um, okay. There's a chat room for that, so we'll let him yeah. get in there and do that. Do you think? That it looks like Grant Baylor, Stewart Baylor Jr.'s younger brother, has been doing extremely, extremely well as also. And then it sounds like your brother's fantastic. Do you think that there's some blood in the water in the sense that, you know, they're getting to watch you and the effort that you put in and as well as Grant to watching Stewart and then going, okay, cool. Now, if I put in that amount of effort and training and then learn from what he's learned and then they have their own bit on top of that, that that's why it seems that at such a younger age, they're finding that ability to be as fast if not faster than you are at that time or were at that time yeah i mean uh if you talk to grant i'm pretty sure he won't he won't tell you straight out that he learned a lot from Stu. but uh <laughs> you know i think the younger brothers definitely learn a lot like um for me it's it was for me it was just my privateer i never knew anybody like i I bought my gear, I bought, you know, my bikes, I bought everything that I owned, you know, like, I was wearing the same set of gear and had my grandmother patch it on the, patch it every week so I could race with it the next week, you know, yeah. and that's, that's racing on a budget now where I think it helps um, the younger, the younger generation, or my, my brother and, and also Grant, I mean, once you get the, your door open a little bit, you can sort of they can sort of get in there a little bit easier and they also learn they learn lots like when when I go hang out with people that are at the race it's usually pro riders and I never had that opportunity and uh you know my brother Craig he'll just sit back and listen and he won't say anything but you know when he's when he's watching Russell Bobbitt or I'm talking to Charlie he'll just sit there and listen and uh he's like a he's like a encyclopedia he just absorbs everything and it that's i think that's just how the younger brothers are they have it a little bit i don't want to say they have it easier but they have a lot of teaching and mentoring to get it to that way cool yeah i was wondering about that i have a sister that's younger so if anything i picked up barbie playing more than she picked up motorcycle riding even though i'm the older brother so <laughs> Yeah, I hear she has an up-and-coming uh, competing show, actually, about about Barbie time. Yeah, well, it's, it'll instantly be a better hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting. I think that, like, kind of what you pointed out about the polar opposite uh, riding style, you really see that with Stu and Grant. I mean, you hang out with Stu and Grant, you're talking A and B. You're talking the, the most opposite individuals as far as personality goes and riding and but it, but it's so true that I think you pick up on that and uh, it allows you to you know you're you're your brother's keeper in a way to where he's he's getting you're paving this path to where he's going to be able to not only learn from what you've done um, you know from the experience as the older brother but also use you as a mentor to help him with the things that you had to do that were a lot harder and now if you know it sounds like your brother's a smart kid now he can kind of take the knowledge of you saying hey you know you were there when you had to get your your pants patched up and 
and he can say, hey, I can either go there, or I can take it to the next level and learn from, uh, you know, Andrew has to teach me. I think it's awesome. I think that's cool that you're there for your brother in that sense, and that shows a lot about you and your character. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to help my brother out as much as possible. I mean, you know, uh, my family, you know, we're not, you know, that we're not the richest people in the world, so. That's fun. Oh, dude, is somebody watching the show somewhere? In the room? I, I don't mean that. Like, the, the, two, the, the four people that are watching it have uh, hit me up. Where's that coming from? That's strange. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Yeah. Technical difficulties as usual. Unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, we're getting technical difficulties at the end of the show opposed to the beginning of the show. So for some reason, Steven's pants are uh, talking about the show. I think Andrew had a ghost in his room. Yeah. Yeah. Are <laughs> yeah. oh, we good now? I don't hear anything bad. Yeah, it sounds fine now. All right. Well, man, dude, I'm gonna. I think it was my. I think it was uh, Stephen's pants. I'm just gonna go with Stephen's pants. Now, now I got a quick question, Andrew. Uh, one of the things that I was wondering is with uh, with the the recent purchase of the Husqvarna brand, have you guys felt? any forward direction or whatnot as the race team goes or have, uh, has there been any excitement or anything is, you know, even though it's kind of been a secondary purchase from the, the CEO and whatnot of KTM, has there been any excitement from you guys as far as possibly becoming more of a experimental platform, kind of like who's a bird possibly, uh, as far as bike technology, things like that, being able to kind of, uh, have something from the KTM field. Have you guys felt any of that yet or any of the impact? From that decision on the European line, or has that kind of just been in its own world? Uh, it's actually, you know, like it's still in its own world. Uh, we haven't heard much at all. Uh, all I know is that Fred has a contract, you know, for another year, I think, and his his deal is set. So my yes. deal is set. But the people at Husqvarna, I mean, it, it's up in the air for them, you know. Like, so it it all depends on what the new boss wants to do. Um, you know, it's it's crazy that it happened like that, that that like just that quick. But uh, no, we don't we don't really hear hear much about it. We just keep doing our job, and uh, I mean that's all we can do right now. And that's right. If you have a job, you have a job, and if you you don't, you don't. But I hope we I hope we do when we come out. So you know, I hope I do. So yeah, no, I think uh, that that's actually a fantastic question, Brian. Um, I think I think kind of what more he's alluding to is not just the fact that. Or not just like, oh my gosh, does that mean we will have a job? But I think it's like, you guys, you're the FAR program and yourself riding on these Huskies has done such a fantastic job that they wouldn't think about, uh, if they were to back out of America, sure, maybe they would cut that program. But I don't. I think they would be putting more into it. And as he was kind of, I think, alluding to, was like bringing over newer technologies and, and, and different kind of ways to test things out that you know, the FAR program might be able to have um, access to, and then obviously being a FAR rider, then that way you yeah. would have said access. So, but unfortunately, it doesn't sound like you've heard anything like that. No, no everything's sort of like right now, it's hush-hush, and uh, that's just the way it's staying. I mean, um, we get some we get some parts from Italy, and, you know, they help us out a lot, or, uh, you know, as much as they can, and but, uh, you know, Fred Fred and Joey, they put a lot of time in, even Amy, they put a lot of time and effort into making it is, you know, the, the company it, over here 
to what it is. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have great, you know, like the off-road reps. I mean, you know, just great people. And, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's all up in the air. I, we, I can't really say anything, I mean, yeah. about it. Yeah, I don't know anything, so. Right. Well, as soon as it comes out, I'm pretty sure that Brian Elliott's going to be the first person to know about it because he always <laughs> seems to be that guy. So, yeah. But that's all right. Um, w- one of the things that we were kind of talking about was the fact that you said, hey, you know, maybe one day I'd like to race a works. Well, spring break just happened. And when it's spring break, that pretty much is synonymous with seeing uh, chicks in bikinis on the side of a racetrack for works. Um, one day I'd like to be there mainly for the women in bikinis, more so than the racing. But I'm pretty sure that the racing would be uh, a very, very big highlight so with the racing that went on this past weekend was round three of works. Um, and we had Taylor Robert came back from Argentina, and he got first place. And we had Robbie Bell in second. Robbie Bell sounded like he was really, really, really trying to beat Taylor Robert, but just didn't have it. And then, of course, uh, Brett Medcalf, who is getting ready to go do the Canadian Nationals um, in Canada, uh, you know, got third. I think that's pretty cool. We're seeing another motocross guy show up at an off-road series doing some racing and kicking some ass. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that is, it, it can do, you know, as far as marketing goes in the off-road industry, it's no secret that, you know, moto, no matter what, is always going to be king as far as the way it trickles downhill. You know, a lot, even, even two guys sitting on a trail somewhere talking about who won Supercross the night before. And, and so just the presence of having these guys come out and be able to just shine more light on, on our scene and something that, you know, we hold and we put on a pedestal. Um, you know, mainstream moto still isn't there. Part of us are kind of glad that it's not, but at the same time, we we do enjoy the respect factor, and that's I think that's the biggest thing is being able to gain respect for somebody like Andrew to go out and just uh, you know honestly you know lead one of the best motocross racers and up and coming motocross racers uh, in the country and really show them how difficult it is to do what you do, and then not only to have that to have him acknowledge to you man this is on a different level i mean that's there's so much affirmation that takes place for us in our industry um that i think you know metcalf coming out works it's just it's all good in every direction i mean there's there's just nothing bad that can come out of that great for the sport i think the other thing that's really helped things this year too has been the i mean i got to give uh you know the race Productions people some absolute pat on the back for the for the webcasts you know like the ones they did with you there, Brian, last year, they were kind of a little, you know, it was a little rough. I don't think they had this things dialed in yet, you know. Nothing to do with the announcing. Hey, but it, that guy uh, sucked. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> no, but I just think, like, the last Georgia round, I watched the whole thing live, and it was just phenomenal. I couldn't believe how good good job it was. You know, you could there's whole sections where you were watching the action. You are following it. Yep. It was, it's, I mean, that's, a, that's something there that's just going to help that series. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, uh, I emailed... Uh, I emailed one of the guys that's you know kind of been been trying to set that up that I'd been talking with last year, and I just told him I was like, you know what, I didn't just enjoy watching the show, but I wanted to watch the show. Like I, it, that, then that I think that makes a big difference is because I'm an enthusiast, so I want to watch the show. But having wanting to watch the show, am I going to actually in, like enjoy the whole process of it? And I did. I mean, I'm sitting there on my computer and I plug it into the TV, and it's fantastic. I think their webcast this year it's awesome i'm so glad they're doing it andrew you you're on the internet all over the place now i mean you're famous i don't know about that yeah 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. The whole world gets to see. I mean, Andrew, you are one of my favorite racers to watch out there watching somebody ride because your style is so unique. And it, when you're on that motorcycle, I swear you're fearless. And it's just the craziest thing to watch you ride that husky on the edge the way you do with such confidence. And I, I love watching that. Like it's you've got guys like you were talking about your brother who's just meticulous and there's a good portion of the field is like that you know just that meticulous consistency and then to watch you go out there and just you can hit the same corner in that same berm and just blast that thing 10 different ways on 10 different laps and just rally it so fast and it's just awesome to see i i don't know it, it's fun it's entertaining to watch i think it's awesome so right that's good. Usually, when people aren't watching or something, I'm banging off the trees, ping pong <laughs> off the trees. So, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad people don't see that part because <laughs> yeah, there, there's a photo rolling around of some sort of an endo somewhere. I think. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last two corners before the GNCC, I uh, I stuffed the front end in a big old sand berm and uh, and I stood it up. Pretty much for like five, ten seconds on the front wheel, teeter in there, and then I flipped over the handlebars. So <laughs> uh, it, it was all good. I mean, I still got up and I won, but uh, yeah, I, I I make a lot of mis stupid mistakes like that. So it it does happen, you know. Well, I think uh, to 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 Elliot's point, you did look fantastic every single time that you wound up passing me from four minutes behind this past weekend. Uh, it was. Fantastic. I heard you coming. I moved the quickly over. I let you go by, and then I continued onward at my semi-snail-esque pace. It was fantastic. <laughs> how, did you, how did you finish this weekend, Pierce? Uh, I finished 51st. Nice. Overall. I did look that up. I did look that up. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Did you have fun? Oh, dude. I As uh, Andrew and I were talking about earlier, uh, I love Concho. Love Love, love, love that enduro. It is, it, it, it's. I am so glad they had a national so that more people outside of Texas could have a chance to appreciate and ride um, the property that they have out there because it is phenomenal. Um, always. Yeah, I mean, it looked a lot like yeah. what we have here yeah. in our foothills, and that's that's where I was wondering. Now, where yeah. in Texas is it? Is it like so? Further yeah, I mean, if if you were to go, and that's the thing is like, it, it's, and again, the the Lubbock issue or the Lubbock part of Texas that Andrew was referring to earlier um, is more of a northwest as you're as you're heading out to closer yeah. to Amarillo and if you were to hit Abilene and head southwest for about an hour that's about where this is at so it's strange that you're actually more south than oh. you would you know but dude it's it's crazy and it's way more shaly than you were to get anywhere it's it's an interesting property it's awesome it's an exotic game preserve like so not only will the rocks kick your ass, but there is a possibility that buffaloes will kill you. Yeah, I, I got passed. I got passed by a, de a doe. I was ripping along the trail, and uh, a doe was running next to me, and it actually cut me off. I slowed up because it was running. I, I, I'm not. I'm not lying. It was running right next to me. I could have reached out and touched it, and it cut. It cut in front of me. I slowed down, and then it, and then I caught back up to it. And it cut across again. That was the last time I've seen it. <laughs> he, was right, he, was, he was a huge Husqvarna fan. <laughs> He's like, I got to see that 310 twice. Yeah. I guess I should say she. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it's a good thing. Dude, if you'd had a helmet cam on, we could have had like one of those really cool uh, mountain bike scenes lately where the dudes have been yeah. getting taken out by all the, the wild animals. That could have been you. Yeah. 
Except yeah. this is Andrew, Andrew just punching the deer in the face. <laughs> Take yeah. that. Get away. Get out of my way. What was it that he would have showed him his man muscles as you put it earlier? Is that what it was? Yeah. Arr! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, you were talking earlier for Andrew about like how you, you said you'd kind of different between you and your brother. You kind of you more of like I guess muscle. If you say you just kind of put the bike where you want to, and a rider that comes to mind that's pretty similar that was pretty successful in motocross was Jeff Stanton, and I think his nickname was even the Bulldog. And man, talk about a guy that would just you know he would he just made made it work. But then the thing about him is later in his career, like it's like he transformed his entire riding style. Like he had one of the best style I think I've ever seen so well it just it just shows that being able to take it like that like you said with Stan I mean you you I mean to be able to be that talented that naturally talented to just muscle that bike wherever you want then you just start applying the different techniques and different things and it's just there again it's win-win there's you, there's no direction you can go except up with that so I think it's awesome yeah I actually uh this this winter I actually uh I did a I did a riding school um where I I, I did a Rich Lafferty riding school yeah, and uh, he helped me so much, uh, just with just with little things that I never would have seen, and uh, we worked on momentum, carrying momentum, and uh, standing up because uh, I got in a bad form when I was when I broke my collarbone and uh, that whole incident there. I just I got in a bad, I wasn't in shape, and I started. Uh, coming back from it i started riding sitting down a lot and uh yeah i rode the whole la last year sitting down the whole time i didn't even uh i didn't stand up at all so uh he helped me this this winter actually i did a couple classes with him and um he, you know he's a great teacher and uh he taught me to you know stand up momentum and uh i think it's helped me and become a smoother and faster rider so i mean i'm trying to perfect we're trying to get better at it and uh, keep moving forward with it. That's awesome. Strangely enough, that probably actually helps you conserve energy with the standing up too, because your your body's not taking as much of a beating, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, definitely a pretty big difference. Uh, I didn't feel, you know, you don't feel as beat up as you said uh, after the GNCC. So yeah, you allow your body to adjust the suspension. You you can act as your own suspension. And I mean, if you actually, I mean, you know. With, with Jason Reigns, it's one of the things that he's just so adamant about as well, is just you actually have 100% of your weight is where it needs to be when you're standing up versus sitting. You know, you're actually applying the right weight to the foot pegs instead of allowing the seat to absorb that weight. Now your your contact points and uh, everything's getting uh, what it needs to be, allowing you know, the bike to be at its best performance. And that's awesome. I think it's great. It shows. I mean, clearly what you're doing is, is right, and that's awesome. I think it's incredible. You get that, Pierce? No, don't, don't, don't be sitting down as much. Well, dude, dude, did you not see the picture of me that Shan Moore took from this past weekend? No. Dude, yeah. go to Facebook, look at the picture I posted. I promise you, you could post that in a magazine and be like, that is the attack position, motherfucker. Like, attack. that <laughs> is the, that's the tagline. Attack well, position. Know. Like there's only there's only 24 hours in a day, and for me to spend 23 and a half looking at your Facebook page, it's, it's hard enough. <laughs> I was gonna say for to spend 23 and a half yeah. hours on uh, Photoshop trying to make Pierce look like he has good form on his. Dude, like, no, I mean yeah. I I I am the first guy to say that I suck at form. That picture is awesome, and I I give 99.9 percent .9 credit to Shan Moore's photography skills. 
So, but everybody has their moment in the sun. Everybody, but it just surpassed yours. Literally, it was test two. The sun had just come out. My fingers no- had been unnumbed for like five minutes. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Now every photo that comes out from here on out, that was his one moment of glory in his photos. Everything yeah. else is gonna be the one hander. <laughs> it's gonna be the Alex McGray or McGree. I always say his name wrong. But when he's gooning out for all of Jason Hooper's shit. Bar hump it, bar hump it. All right, so I appreciate you guys for being here on Seat Time. I appreciate everybody that's watching Seat Time. And there's another person that really appreciates you watching and being involved with Seat Time, and that is Power Sport Graphics. They are a fantastic partner and sponsor of Seat Time. Where can you find them on the Internet? RidePG.com, if you may think about it. RidePG. Com. That is URL for their website. You go to that website, but you know what you're going to find? You're going to find a very, very easy process ordering awesome, awesome graphics for your kick-ass motorcycle. Not only will you look good, but you will feel good because you know that you just saved 40% because you chose the ready-to-ship option that they have as an option for you on their website. And if you're thinking, wow, I need this today, you order it before 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, boom! showing up on your door same day as well if you're like "Mm, you know i'm not really into that kit but i'm into something else and you want to just save 10 percent discount code is seat time s-e-a-t-t-i-m-e as easy as it sounds folks that's how you do it you go to your little browser little window little oh ridepg.com find what you like discount code seat time save yourself 10 percent support the awesome as Fly Racing and Squarespace and RyPG do, and have a good time. We thank them very much for their support. My gosh, guys, we have done a lot of talking, and I think this has been a fantastic show. Lots and lots of good information. Andrew DeLong, you, sir, are kicking ass, taking names, and throwing down some fantastic, uh, some brainage. Like, you know, it's smart what you've said tonight, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's dumb. The smartness is just. We're not drinking. We're, we're uh, drinking. Ben, oh, it's Ben. Ben. Thank you. It's very intellectual, the show. It is. Just real grown up. I feel like a grown up tonight. Yeah. Just, I kept my pants on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I just want to say once again, super pumped for you, Andrew. Uh, keep on after it. And, uh, yeah. There's. We're, we're stoked to be helping you out and Freddie's team out and uh, keep on keeping on. Yeah, real proud of you, man. You're, you're killing it and keep up the great work. Yeah, thanks, guys. And, uh, you know, I had a blast, you know, talking with you. And, you know, thanks for the support. It means a lot. And I, I can't keep going without it. You know, I, I need uh, as much support as I can get. So, well, we'll uh, we're definitely going to keep being there for you. Where can people find you to, you know, if people want to get in touch with you or if they want to follow you or be able to, uh, you know, find all your all your fun news and stuff like that? Um, you can follow me on, like, Facebook. I have, you know, look me up on Facebook and then I have a Twitter uh, husky at, at husky eight. Um, uh, I have a website, but it's uh, technically being worked on right now. So Squarespace dot com slash seat time. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote it. I wrote it earlier. So good man. But uh, yeah, I, you can reach me there, and uh, yeah, all, all uh, any, anything helps, you know. So um, we know somebody that builds uh, websites too for riders. 
Yeah. Shit. I may be out of a I may be out of a real job soon and I may be competing against Elliot, so you just keep my number really close. So we'll just yeah. go with that. Just keep sitting uh, down the ride and we'll compete all day long. Oh. <laughs> oh. That worked. I don't really I don't really have a good comeback. You're always the guy that supports me and now you're attacking me. How am I supposed to I, I wouldn't mean, say attacking, I would say passing. There's a difference. No, you know, we that. have never. Okay, that that's unfortunately just not a statement that will work at all because we've never ridden together. That's true. Oh, we, we did uh, kind of. You came to Idaho City. I went to Montana. It's all kind of the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I went by you in a vehicle. Well, we had a good time though. It was. It was a good time. Okay, um, what you have been watching. For those of you that are still here and still listening, we appreciate you being here. This is Seat Time. You can uh, find us on our website where we archive all the shows, all the fun shenanigans that goes on at SeatTime.co. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SeatTime. And, of course, Twitter because everybody likes a good hard tweet every now and again. Twitter.com slash SeatTime underscore CO. I appreciate Andrew DeLong, Dale Spangler, Brian Elliott for being on the show. It's been fantastic time. I have gone through three unmanly, uh, gluten-free cider beverages of, of adultness. And if nothing else, I'm probably going to go enjoy at least one more pipeful of awesome. You all should do the same thing. Thank you very much. See you guys uh, next week. All right. Thanks.